0: Good morning, Straight Up listeners. Welcome back. So happy to have you here once again on this beautiful week. Kathleen, talk me through how you've been spending your time in the sunshine. Hey
1: babe, so I feel like we actually haven't caught up in ages, I'm quite glad we've saved it for on air because I definitely want to know all about your weekend, Um, what have I been up to? We say weekend, obviously we're recording this like a couple of days before we go live so we're still very much in like Monday mode
0: Monday, God help us
1: I hate Mondays, you know those people that are like hitting the ground running on a Monday and they're like, Monday motivation, let's do this people like I'm the opposite of that, like it takes me all week to get like revved up and then Thursdays and Fridays are like good days. Definitely. What about you? Uh,
0: yeah, no, I turned my alarm off twice today. I was going to go to spin class and then turned it off twice and went to work late.
1: Fair enough. Especially when the weather is this gorge. Um, I actually had a pizza, pizza party in my garden yesterday, which was fun. Fun. Marlon's fam came over um, which was really nice his, his mum Gemma and her partner Matt and his sister and cousin and his girlfriend so we did pizzas on the uni what
0: the fuck is an uni? uni are
1: like the bait pizza oven brand but you know how there are pizza ovens like everywhere these days um, the hype is actually justified they are amazing um, Marlon got it for his birthday as a gift and it was so good I made my own dough it was really easy you fire it up in the garden the thing that was a bit extra was like tracking down a gas canister um, like a big old, like, you know, like a barbecue yeah. gas vibe. That's kind of the thing that is it is. But um, make such good pizzas. They literally take like a minute and it's really fun. And like, it's quite a nice thing to do with a gang. And especially when you want to sit in the garden, although obviously it was roasting, but it was super, um, they're super yummy. And they taste like so much like lighter and healthier than a takeaway pizza. Like we were like, God, now every time we ever want pizza, we'll just do this. Cause why the hell would you order one when you can have like a restaurant what quality pizza? What ingredients did you, right you at home? on your base uh, do you know what I'd actually bought the sauce I didn't make my own sauce from scratch Just because of the numbers And having limited time On Sunday morning uh, So I bought one of those Like mitty jars mm. Of pizza sauce No like a can But it was, it was good Yeah loads of mozzarella Basil Different veg Salami it was great. It was actually a very wholesome weekend. On Saturday, I went wedding dress oh my shopping.
0: God. So Amazing. that was very cute as well. Because you're maid of honour, aren't
1: you? I am. So, guys, my best friend in the world is getting married next year, uh, in June, and I am on maid of honour duty. So I organised for us to go and look in a couple of shops randomly in Wimbledon. Interesting. Did you know this about Wimbledon? It's like a wedding dress hotspot. In the past. Um, well, we actually went to three different shops that were like in all different parts of Wimbledon. So the first was in Wimbledon Park, second was in Wimbledon like proper and the third was in like Raines Park. I was like Oh my God, so all lame. my old horse. Um, yeah, so, but it was super fun because obviously I've never done anything like that before, never even stepped foot inside a wedding dress shop, never seen anyone like that is one of my oldest best friends in a wedding dress before. Like I have a few friends that are married, but not like, you know, OG Did you cry friends. when she came out? So... I don't want to give too much away. Um, But there was one dress that I was like, like she looked sensational at everything. She's one of those people. All the dresses look good. Um, But the one, there was one that was like, take your breath away. I can imagine her with like um,
0: lace detail on the shoulders and neckline.
1: Interesting. Well, there's obviously that style of dress that's like very popular these days. That's like, kind of like straps, like lace all at the top and then like quite fitted, you know, like a slightly like sexier wedding dress. That's like, quite a big vibe these days i think but or a sheer um, wedding she dress a la types.
0: courtney Kardashian. yes
1: very or that hers was short oh. but then camille Cherie, the french influencer did like a very chic sheer oh, harris shit. sorry obviously you recently. correct me on that but
0: the naked wedding dress there was like a vogue um. article on, that's it yeah
1: oh, yeah yeah that was camille Cherie. Sorry, yeah courtney. yeah um uh to be fair courtney's was a mini dress so you know Pretty pretty damn revealing. I have to say, you know, I love Courtney, but I'm not loving a mini no. at the church.
0: Well, I was actually told off the other day for wearing um, a sh- a strapless, uh, not wedding dress. Uh, wed- well, I mean, a dress <laughs> that I wore to someone else's wedding.
1: What, was it, it in, was in a church? church? Yeah, so I think you're meant to have your shoulders covered in church, like traditionally. Um, wow. Not that many people do that now, but... Yeah, um, did but you anyway, have, Was, that it was like, my Did they bring out
0: champagne? Was it like how you see on TV?
1: Do you know what? Like, no, not really. But we were so excited, we actually kind of forgot to ask. Um, I think you could probably have like prosecco. And, it's not very like, on brand like for you, Kathy. a massive snob. But no, I just don't like prosecco unless it's the Delavine one. In fact, which is Poppy mm. Delavine's, um, Poppy and Cara Delavine and their sisters' prosecco, which I actually had yesterday and it was very nice. Is
0: it dry? Um,
1: so yes, yes, it's not too sweet as well. Gosh. So it's, it's actually really nice. Um, it's called, yeah, it's called Delevee. Anyway, um, they didn't bring drinks out, but we then went to the pub after and we like had some drinks and then like we went round um, to my friends on like a spur of the moment, my friend Amy, because she, Rachel called her to be like, what do you think? Can you look at these pictures? So went and had like a little drink in the garden. So yeah, it was all like quite wholesome stuff. It's proper like wedding season, isn't it? Like every time I open my Instagram, I'm like, oh my God, another like gorgeous chic wedding that someone I know is at. Colourful dresses, long stretches of lawn. Mm. It's definitely you can tell that everyone's making up for lost time after. Yeah, COVID, actually,
0: I saw at least four weddings take place on my Instagram yesterday.
1: So tell me about your weekend, Han. It was definitely more exciting than mine. You were in Switzerland. Were I was you in not? Switzerland.
0: I was at the Montreux Jazz Festival, which is stunning. I've never been to Mon- to Lake Geneva before, and I kept feeling like I was walking around the little village that we were staying in Vevey and um or whatever, and I, I kept like glimpsing the lake between like the little narrow cobbled streets and being like i feel like i'm in like it's a mirage i've never seen water that blue mm. and there's mountain ranges like framing the lake with i mean the swiss alps with like snow on them i was just like i cannot believe this is real i just wanted to drink it it's bad have you been
1: I really felt when I went to well, I went. To, I've been to Zurich, and obviously they've got the yep. like lake Jack backdrop, and it just really reminded me of like literally an Evian yes. bottle. <laughs> Tell mean that you're like I'm literally in like an Evian yes. ad with like the snowy peaks, but like like you say, it makes you like thirsty all the time, like all this lapping fresh water. Definitely,
0: and and Monto Jazz Festival is on the shoreline, and it's amazing. There are all these wow. so, like nine stages on the shoreline, like the Lake House, which like looks over the lake and has like a little old-fashioned like New York star jazz bar where like Lizzo and John Batiste jammed there in 2019. So they constantly have like superstars like just, like jamming after one of their performances till 5 a.m. Oh. I didn't see any. So, I mean, I must say that Isra and I left the festival pretty early both nights. So we didn't see any Did of the you? late night jammers. Um, but we saw-
1: Were you staying in a yeah, hotel? staying in a
0: hotel. We saw Diana Ross, who was mega, Amazing We saw this Up and coming French rapper Called Lalo Who I loved Who's a bit Travis Scott like But he Creates songs Inspired by the Matrix He was cool Uh, Mm. And then these Like really Obviously I was there For the Telegraph So had to go And like sit through Some like ancient French rockers Called Jacques Duton And I was (laughs) like I can't believe I'm here Uh, But yeah did you make it with you it was literally like i cannot believe i am in this like vip section to watch this 80 year old french rocker singing about paris <laughs> in a language i don't understand but anyway um, everyone else must been like why are these like 20 somethings like in the most expensive tickets they must be like why have you paid to come and see this ancient rocker um is it big? Like, is there thousands of people? 250,000 there? people. But what's really nice is that most of the events are free. So it's really great for like young people to come and see. But weirdly, also for a jazz festival, all the headliners, like Stormzy, is playing tonight. So Stormzy would have played oh. yeah, on Monday night for those listening to it. And like um, Ashnikko, Maniskin, um
1: Why? So is it like it used to be a jazz festival and they've just kept the name?
0: So there's jazz, all all the jazz basically happens on the free stages after hours, but all the headliners are like rock and pop. I guess because sadly, jazz doesn't really have the same star power it used to. But then mm. I've had a pretty disastrous week for just things going wrong. Very much my life on Instagram portrays a different reality to what is actually going on. I posted lots of lovely pictures of me and Montreux, but it was kind of... Um, it all went downhill on the way back because we got to the festival. I mean, we got to the airport and got to the gate to go home on the flight, and I realised that I had packed Issa's passport in the hold luggage. So I got I got oh, on the flight, God. and Issa remained
1: in Geneva. Um, and then, <gasps> wait, so but how had he got? How would you pack like, how would you give given the hold luggage to them without because the passport? Because no one checked our passport until we got to the sodding gate, which is like,
0: this is so annoying guys. Could you oh, not have been a bit more like forceful with your security? Basically, we bought a lot of gin on the way there in the 50% duty free sales. So we decided to check in our bags on the way back. So it was all my fault. Anyway, and we pleaded with the guy at the gate and they refused to take his bag out of the um, plane. And so they just sent it back to baggage control. And then once he eventually got it, he wasn't allowed to come through onto the plane again because they'd like locked the doors, even though the plane was delayed by 25 minutes. So poor Issa was-
1: And you were I sat was sat, on, sat on, on the
0: plane, on the phone to Issa whilst Issa was like, I have my sodding bag now and the passport and I still can't come through. And, oh my God. and then there were no flights leaving um geneva for the rest of the afternoon or evening because of all the flight chaos so then he had to book uh, a hotel and stay in geneva whilst i got home at like 5 p.m and this morning oh. he had to fly to frankfurt <laughs> to get
1: a flight home what? so yeah he's literally oh, got him a couple no. hours ago is he fuming at you no, actually but Is it your fault? Like the fact that you packed it, does that make it your fault? Or is it like one of those? It's definitely my
0: fault. But now that you say that actually the security staff should really have checked for my passport, it's their fault. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he was actually (laughs) really nice about it, even though I don't actually want to say how much the new flight cost. Anyway, so that was a bit of a terrible way to end the weekend. And it also, I know, and then I had a pretty bad time at another glamorous event Um, earlier in the week, I decided impromptu after our podcast recording, Katha's, I was like, I'm going to go to this Burner Boy launch party at The Standard. I went there at 10 p.m., almost got arrested on the tube for drinking a tinny. (laughs) I had to get escorted. Sorry, what? Yeah, so I was drinking a a can of gin and tonic on the platform to get, about to get the tube. And then um, I saw that these two security guards had like clocked it. And I just like smiled at them. I was drunk by this point. Uh, smiled at them and like carried on walking. And then they were like, madam, madam, you can't drink alcohol on the tube as I'm sure you're aware. And I was like, oh yes, sorry, I don't have my glasses on. I didn't see the signs. And then they're like, madam, you've got to go and put that in the bin. And then there was no bin on the tube because obviously, you know, with like, the bomb threats. And so they had to escort me all the way up to Victoria platform, which is so embarrassing. And then I got there <laughs> and had to queue for one hour. So even being a music editor, a prestigious publication, Does nothing at this point. I was waiting for one hour outside trying to get to see Burn Boy. Even Burn Boy's uncle couldn't get in. This girl was like, we've got Burn Boy's uncle who needs to get in. He doesn't have a wristband. And like she was still there like trying to get him in like half an hour later. Anyway, got upstairs and was there for an hour waiting for him to perform. He didn't perform by midnight. And then obviously I had to, you know, you know what I'm like. Had to leave by midnight to make work the next day.
1: So no fair enough we've got an episode to get through we do we have a juicy celebrity interview for you guys again this week it is with the one the only james bay how much do we love we james love bay the cutest he has a new album called leap out which dropped on friday just gone um you guys will obviously know who he is i'm sure you know hold back the river his three times platinum like breakout, breakout song super that's hits. the word and now um, you would you like to get a question? I'm just about to
0: ask you because it's always it's always You're me go that does it. sing it,
1: Kathers, and then you sing. Okay, so it goes. Hold back the river so wide. Hold back the river. I mean, I definitely should have looked up the lyrics before <laughs> trying that, sorry guys. Um <laughs> The only words I actually know hold hold back the river, which is the title. Oh, and so wide, or so right. It's one of the two. So yes. That was beautiful. Um, a popular inescapable song thank you (laughs) um you're lucky that james says he doesn't listen to
0: podcasts of himself so he won't hear that atrocity i know
1: hear me butcher that yeah um, his new album Leap is his first since 2018 he's been on quite a bit of a mental health journey actually and was really struggling a few years ago he's been really open about that so um, that's pretty fascinating as well as hearing about his stratospheric rise to the top of the music industry um, have you interviewed him before? I haven't
0: so this was the first time
1: yeah he was really really sweet we are going to be bringing you James Bay on Straight Up in just a second but first a tiny bit of Boring Pod admin please guys go and follow us on our new Instagram if you haven't already we're at Straight Up Pod you can also find find our personal channels at kathleen.m.johnston and ellie hall's one
0: also great place to see all of our beautiful maldives content if you want to have some holiday inspo or just live vicariously through our past selves okay on to james
1: bay Just before we launch into the chat, first we wanted to share some ultra, ultra exciting intel for anyone who is currently in the market for a new set of speakers, because our faves and longtime sponsors, Q-Acoustics have just launched a brand new, perfect, entry-level, easy breezy, super speaker system designed with users just like us and you guys in mind. Yep, you'll remember from last season how
0: much we love Q-Acoustics, and now the esteemed British audio specialists have outdone themselves once again with the arrival of the M20s, the pride and joy of my living room alongside my new Turkish carpet.
1: Your rug is so impressive babe, but I've got to say, not quite as impressive as the M20HD wireless music system. It is the most powerful, immersive and convenient way to enjoy music, movies and gaming sound anywhere at home, delivering stunning wireless, high resolution stereo audio via super sleek, compact speakers that can be perched anywhere in the home, ideal actually if, like us, you're in a London flat and so a little bit, shall we say, tied on space. Exactly. It's the dream setup for music lovers like us who are serious
0: about sound, but super techie or into the complicated stuff and don't want the extra clutter of cables and an amplifier essentially it just cuts all the faff of creating a hi-fi component separate system
1: all you need to do to get them up and going plug them into a power source everything is built into one affordable and i must say extremely chic set of speakers with all the bits hidden inside and the distortion free aptx bluetooth means that you can wirelessly stream music or podcasts from a smartphone tablet or laptop while also connecting a games console tv turntable or cd player using a cable Side note, but the colorways are so cute. Black, white, and a gorgeously retro
0: walnut. Look, it's worth saying, guys, that we appreciate speakers are a big investment, but if you're looking to upgrade your sound system, then honestly, this is the best and the most reasonably priced option out there, and so worth it. Q are known as the very best in the business for a reason.
1: Even Taylor Swift uses Q Acoustic speakers, guys. What better endorsement is there than that, I ask you? Mm-hmm. So whether you're a host with the most like Elle, or if you just like a Netflix and chill done properly, these are the speakers, I promise you. I, for one, cannot ever imagine going back to watching anything, let alone good films, using the TV's own speakers. The quality just sounds so rubbish to me now, and I know Marl very much appreciates a little bit of properly soundtrack, sneaky Sunday morning Xbox 2. For more details on the M20 HD wireless music system, head to qacoustics.co.uk. That's Q, the letter, acoustics.co.uk. Thank you so much to QAcoustics. James Bay, welcome to Straight Up. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. We basically always start with a little question about your favourite drink. However, as we're not recording this together today, we haven't been able to crack one open with you. So we want to know, what is your go-to?
2: That is a perfect excuse, by the way, for a part two to this whole conversation.
1: <laughs> um,
2: Definitely. My go-to, it varies, you know. It might be a gin and tonic. It might be a red wine. There's a red wine called Bell Gloss from Sonoma County in California that I absolutely love. And it is, yeah, it might be my favourite. It's kind of like a Pinot Noir or something. So I don't know. It depends. It's, it's, it's between those two, though, I think. Oh, Nice.
0: And okay, what about when when was the last time that you had a little bit too much to drink? When did you indulge
2: this is and a good question? I can I can I can answer this question from various different angles at this particular moment in my life. We want the I'm, honest
0: angle, James.
2: Oh no, I've I've got honesty, but I I it's <laughs> been it's here's here's why it's been a while. I'm eight months into parenthood.
1: Yeah. I, I, Congratulations.
2: So thank you very much. It's been a hot sec since I've kind of gone for it. And actually, if I'm being really honest with you, I'm not traditionally one to sort of hit it crazy hard, but there is one of the most honest answers I can give you is that sometime, it was either just before COVID began, which is ages ago, or in the first, like, lifting of lockdown stuff in sort of summer 2020 that I went to one of my favourite restaurants called Trulo, which is on Highbury Corner. Oh my goodness. And me and my friend, John Green, who I make lots of music with, just the two of us and, like, three or four bottles of red wine. And it was way too much and I did not sleep. Um, it caused all kinds of problems the rest of the night and the following morning.
1: Night sweats.
2: Night you know sweats.
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> the real sign of being in your 30s.
2: Yeah, what? all of that. What's you your hangover it? cure? My hangover cure is, is... None of them really work. I just have to wait it out. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't know. Like, I, 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 I'll, I, like, drink water. Time. I'll drink sugary stuff. I'll have, like... Uh, Grilled cheese sandwich, I don't know, I'll try I, all that. I like... just
0: bought some milk thistle actually, because Kathleen always has a bottle of milk thistle by her bed. That was my tip from
1: my I bartender mean, friend, he said milk thistle is, is the cocktail maker's secret, the mixologist's that,
2: secret. That is a beautiful like high-end milk thistle, I love it. I'm uh, nowhere near milk Colin thistle. And
1: Barrett, um, tell us a little bit about your day in the life then, we want to know what your daily schedule is like, what time are you up, what is the <laughs> average day for James Bay?
2: This Again, this is a great question because it all changed in October yeah. 2021. Suddenly, <laughs> I was like, you know, on a, on, a, on a school night, I was turning the lights out at midnight and I was sort of rolling out of bed between 8 and 9 in the morning. I'm in bed hard at 9 right now. Like, I am like, oh I'm in bed. I'm in bed at 9. Uh, and that's, I, like, I used to play, like, a typical day in the life at home is I would play football on a Thursday night at 9, 9 p.m., I can't do it. The last time I tried to do that, I've like just moved it to a Sunday morning game, which is such a dad <laughs> in his thirties, like yeah. kind of football game. So yeah, a typical day in the life for me, if I'm not on tour is now 7am alarm, but my daughter Ada has probably woken up and started rolling around in the other room before that. And she's like making all these noises and I'm like, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm just trying to wait for the 7am alarm. Please, please, please. But so yeah, that's, that's, that's a typical day at home. I'm getting up at seven and we're hanging out. For what feels like a very long morning. Like by midday, you're like, is it dinner time? What's going on? (laughs) Um, But it's all, I mean, it is genuinely blissful hanging out with a little baby all day. And it's also wonderfully stressful. What a strange pair of words to put together. Do you um, cook? I, I I do now. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, Lucy, my partner, was the absolute King and queen of the sh- of the of the kitchen, and uh, now I'm trying to do my best because uh, and I, I don't know I'll do it all right I've got five or six dishes down I've got a pretty outrageous prawn curry Ooh. it's all fresh ingredients yeah watch out, um yeah I I'm now the chef in the house um, and yeah so we you know the day is pretty sort of strict in schedule with like a naps and things like that and strolling in the park at three pm and all of that stuff so which is which is wonderful, Um, but I recently went on tour, proper tour, tour bus, I had the band, it was the first time I'd done it since 2019, and that day in a life for me is very different, that's like, I mean the bus doesn't usually leave or like start moving until like midnight, 1am, and the show's finished at 1030 and it's a wonderful experience, it's a wonderful time, and it was such a shock, because I'd done that for many years, and then lockdown, and then a baby, and then back to the bus and the touring and um, sort of waking up either when the bus is still moving at 6am, when the bus has stopped at some other time or like, and like rolling out of the bus at like, I don't know, 10am, it's a whole different lifestyle.
0: So talk us imagine. through that kind of lifestyle. I think when we were talking to Dave Bailey from Glass Animals, he talked about how he still had to go to launderette whilst he was on tour and do his own washing, wash his own pants. Like, what's yeah. the most unglamorous thing that you have to do on tour? Like do some myth busting for us.
2: I mean, let me tell you, if you're showering in the venue, I think you've got to get all the way up to, like, stadiums or arenas. Actually, I've showered in some stadium showers, and they are just, like, sports showers for sports teams. So they're pretty nasty in their own in their own right. With all respect, stadiums, as lovely as you are. <laughs> um, I mean, showering, getting up, like, it's such a gamble. It's so hit and miss. You see the first person get, who's got out of the bus and gone to shower in the venue, when they come, like, dancing down the road back to the bus, beaming, you know it's potentially... A seven or an eight out of ten that shower, but when they sort of come <laughs> dragging their towel and their wash bag down the street, you know it's a disaster. And most of the time, and I love look, we've just done so many brilliant venues, but like if there's one thing they could all put a, a bit of bar money behind, it would be maybe sprucing up the shower, up shower. because yeah. there are no glamorous showers in in, in not really. There's like w- one in ten showers is maybe like almost close to glamorous in in touring.
1: Do you have to bring your own towel?
2: That is the. Uh, Hey, I've got to actually pay all respect to 9 out of 10 venues, if not 10 out of 10 venues, will supply towels. Because I'll tell you this, and this is not glamorous either, there are no wet towels on a tour bus. That ain't happening.
0: No. Okay. Um,
2: you can't... You've got nowhere to dry it. You've got nowhere to dry your towel. It's not... It's just... It isn't a thing that it's goes on. hanging like on the bunk to, beds. Yeah, you, you can't do it. You can't take a towel on tour. There you go. You heard it here.
0: So what do you bring on tour? Because I um, heard Mabel talk about the fact that she... Or she put her mum on tour to be her personal chef. Oh. And Iggy Azalea brings a slow cooker on tour.
2: I love all of this. <laughs> um, what do I take on tour? Well, Again, like... <laughs> so I was getting into all sorts of different answers to this question until COVID. And now I'm back to, like, the basics. And I just took my suitcase and myself and my toothbrush and made sure, like, I went to sleep and I got up and I had... You know, it was all about hanging out. It wasn't about bringing things along. But... Back before COVID, I like to take a table tennis table on tour.
1: Oh, <laughs> that. That's quite bougie.
2: Quite it's just, large. It's, uh, this is going to get a little bit, like, almost technical, but, like... And I'll tell you one thing that inspired it. Um, I'll come back to this answer, but one thing that inspired the table tennis table was Mick Jagger. Mm. Stay Ooh. with me. Stay with me. I know, what a clanger. <laughs> Forgive me.
1: No, that was, um, a, that was a good name drop. You...
2: Okay, you awful. went onto
1: stage with Mick Jagger, did you not? We, a duet, right. I have heard.
2: Right, 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 right. We'll, we'll to get to it. We'll get, we'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um I So there's, there's a there's hundred million ways when you're on tour living on a bus to be vocally exhausted as a singer. Because the greatest healer for the voice after water is sleep. There's all sorts of other cool stuff you can try, but it's very like short-term fix. Um and the one thing that really helps me is like any kind of sort of cardio. It absolutely like them it's it, the way that it can restore my voice after a, like a heavy night of singing, maybe a bit of drinking, maybe a bit too much hanging out on the bus and then some kind of sleep and then getting up the next day for another show. Cardio is like the one thing that can really help. And for me, who doesn't like to sort of run off and like leave the venue too much, I sort of always feel at home each morning in the venue. We were, we were, You have the tour bus. Maybe you have two tour buses. Sometimes, and, and sometimes you have multiple trucks as well to sort of bring all of the equipment and the amps and the guitars. And there was always space. So I said, "Can we get a table tennis table?" And every day I would play against my guitar tech, who I've known since I was at school. Who's incredibly say, good at really table
0: tennis. Obsessed with the fact that you think table tennis is cardio.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay. All, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a for a voice, it is.
1: <laughs> it's an Olympic sport, is it not? Absolutely.
2: Getting me I, I get gone. I I break a full I do. I break a full sweat. I promise you we go fast on the table tennis table. And um it was all inspired by I'd heard this about Mick Jagger and then I experienced it when I did open for the Stones uh, in 2018 because I was I was actually doing this since before 2018. But when I went and open for them there's this moment where They sort of request their support act, which is very sweet and and wonderful. That they get to do like a a proper portrait photo with their support act. And there's like a whole little red carpet they set out, curtained off room, backstage in a stadium. There's a lot of rooms in a stadium. And um, I went there and I was waiting around. And it's like just a sort of six foot curtain wall. So you can see the ceiling over it and hear everything. And there's this like loud, it was like loud Kanye music, just like blasting. And someone's shouting, and I'm sort of thinking, what's going on here? And then it stopped, and then it went, and then it, and when it, once it had gone quiet, the photographer who's there, one of their touring photographers said to me, he said, that's Mick, he's just working out, he has a personal trainer, he does two hours before every show, he does sprints, he does serious cardio, this man is, and it just doesn't matter, but he's on his way to 80, and you would never, ever guess it. And I said, oh, wow, he said, yeah, apparently it really, really helps his voice every night. I said, well, I've got to give it a shot. So I didn't get, I'm not in stadiums, so I didn't get the, the running track and the personal trainer, but I got my guitar tech art and I to this table.
1: Nice, very nice. So one thing that the listeners can't see is your lovely face right now, but I did wonder, when we last met, it was 2018 I believe, it was just before the release of Wild Love, and at the time you had chopped off your signature long hair and um, ditched the fedora in a kind of move away from that hyper recognizable, very signature, visual brand that you had created and everyone knew you for. Um, Mm. Why now have you decided to go back to the longer hair? I noticed also in your recent music videos, the hat has made a reappearance.
2: It's there. Welcome back, um, hat. The, the, the hat, this, uh, maybe there's two different answers to that. I don't know. But I think the, the, the main answer is more about what, and maybe it's like even as much as anything, it's like a result of lockdown. I don't know. But it's like, I, when I was about 12 years old, And I got into playing guitar. I was 11 when I started playing guitar. And 12, 13, 14, I got really into all these different rock bands, all this different music from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. A lot of those guys had long hair, so I grew my hair long. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, all the way up to when I was 18, I cut my hair short. Really short. Like, like kind of buzzed it at the sides, and I was spiking it up on top. I was 18 years old. And I thought, I'm finally doing something different. Year or two passed, and I just couldn't be bothered with the haircuts anymore. And I sort of accepted that I felt quite comfortable just with long hair. So 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, I had long hair. 27, that feeling came round again. But this time it felt like the whole world was watching. And I still just tried to sort of stick to my guns and think I fancy a change. And I kind of, I, I tied it into the music as well, which was a really fun thing to be able to do. Cause I got so many heroes who will sort of switch up their look with the new music, the new album, all that stuff. So it's all very sort of normal to me in a, in a from a perspective of being a, a music artist. Um, and then, and, and I taught, you know, 2018, 2019, I had short hair. And then I just sort of did that thing that I did when I was 19. And I did that thing that I did when I was little as well, which was just like, nah, I fancy another change. And I feel quite comfortable with long hair. It suits so, um, you. I,
1: I feel it's, it I'll, seems your natural state. I, I appreciate
2: that. I think, also that's the thing. No, I really appreciate that. But I, I, I think that's something that as I grow, I'm sort of becoming more comfortable with I don't know that in five to ten years I might change my mind again and need some sort of big switch up and then the hat I do I like I suppose I never disliked it I just felt like i had done it so much that I needed to change things up and I've remembered that I like it
0: Fair did, enough. did you find that um, ditching your signature look for that little period meant that you weren't getting recognized as much and actually gave you a little bit of like anonymity that you maybe craved
2: yeah yeah, it, it's a hard. Yes, absolutely. It's, it, I, I and and look, no no disrespect to the amazing sort of first part of the journey on my first album, and and there's there's no, there's not really an awful lot that's too horrible about getting recognised in the street and somebody saying I love your music. Um, it's it's absolutely wonderful and and a really nice thing when it happens. Uh, but yeah, there was a little anonymity that came. And then the excitement for me of just sort of changing my look up for a new album.
1: Well, that's, I guess, the funny thing as well about being in the public eye is suddenly everyone expects you to, like, say the same and be yeah. static forever and you're meant to look yeah. exactly as you did when you were 20, when you were 30. Yeah,
2: yeah. Didn't, I didn't go for that. I wasn't, I wasn't into that at all. But um, I'm still just trying to do me like everybody else.
0: So let's talk about the new record, Leap. Yeah. Um, yeah. which will be out when this comes out, which is amazing. You have talked about how you went through a period of kind of, I guess, a darkness in your life, mental yeah, health wise, yeah. but yeah. actually this record is some of your most joyful music because I think a lot of optimism had to see you through that period. I mean, how yeah. did, did it actually surprise you how joyful the music you were making was compared, considering it came out of yeah. a dark space?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, it really it was a surprising experience, uh, and and as you maybe can imagine, it it was like, it was a, it was an uplifting experience, and I was I was realizing that, well that was happening. It's funny when I write songs, when I make this music, I usually realize a lot more about it afterwards. But I I understand therefore that one of the things or the main thing that, kind of kept my head above water, kept my chin up, was the. The, the way in which I chose to follow uh, as I was writing each song, like follow the positive road, the sort of, the more hopeful narrative in the writing, um, which I typically hadn't really done before for two different reasons. I think I'm, it just comes quite naturally to me to sort of go deeper into more difficult emotions and ultimately write sadder songs. It's just something that moves me and and, and, and one of the ways that I write. The other thing was um, I I was never. It's it's hard to write a happy song, is my experience. I I don't want to speak for all songwriters, but why is it hard for me? Um, as somebody who sort of gets so much from and is so invested in sort of emotional music that maybe is about dealing with struggle, dealing with sadness, when someone pre- presents me, when someone presents me with a sort of purely joyous lyric nine out of 10 times, one out of 10 times, It's probably great. Nine out of 10 times. I'm just kind of like, okay, that's, that, that isn't as the depth that I'm looking for. But what I'm trying to say is I found a way to kind of involve both and tell more of a story and tell more of my story for the first time. I've always talked about um, needing to be honest as a songwriter to really make it feel like it counts. Um, honesty and vulnerability are similar things and they're kind of different things to me as well. And I found I was on a, I was writing from a deeper place of vulnerability than I'd ever written before because I was actually writing these songs that were saying, I've been struggling in a big way. I'm never, I'm I'm not, I'm still not always sure who I am or what I'm about or how to go forward in life. But, and this was the next part of the narrative of lots of these songs. But I recognise that you lift me out of this, that, that, and that it was about sort of specific people and scenarios in my life that, that helped me, that lift me, that keep my chin up. And like I was saying earlier, keep my head above water, because it can get very hard sometimes to be able to do that. And I did. I-
0: when you're talking about the struggle, I know this is a pretty deep question and you don't have to answer it, but do you think it, you were like, you were always maybe had depressive tendencies or... Or do you think your success and being like a globally recognised artist is what exacerbated those, those oh, feelings? Oh,
2: but it's interesting. Those, There's two interesting questions in their own and two sort of interesting halves of a, of a big question. I, I do have those kinds of tendencies. Um, I always have. I feel like it somehow, for some reason, comes with my sort of striving performer nature Um, and it always the life that I sort of live the work life that I have the career that I'm lucky enough to have is always going to affect um, my mental health it's always going to affect my mental health and I do everything in my power because there are so many things I can do to help that but for starters, talking about it is a good thing, and I appreciate you asking, because even now today, part of me hates to admit this, but I know it's true. It's still hard for even for men to talk about mm. um, their their deeper uh, anxieties, emotions, feelings. Um, it doesn't matter that I'm whatever kind of songwriter anybody thinks I am. That They are, they are viewing me in a sort of professional light and that's brilliant. And I, the fact they take any interest is so appreciated. Um, uh, it's, it's, but it's such a thing to navigate this this life that I'm very lucky to have. Um, it might look amazing and often it feels amazing, but it nothing is always amazing. And so it's sent me into all sorts of ups and all sorts of downs. Dealing with that is very difficult, but but it is possible remembering that it's possible and reminding myself of that every day is one of the things that helps
1: it's interesting for us i think as like celebrity journalists if you want to put it like that that the through line that we've constantly noticed through our careers and chatted about is this um the price the cost if you will of (laughs) um celebrity or fame like you know people hold up these ideals of like fame and fortune as the ultimate you know, yeah. once you have this, you're going to be like so happy and fulfilled and your whole life will just be amazing. And actually what we found interviewing people is that there is an intense mental toll that comes along with that kind of um, intrigue, focus and just pressure. I mean, you, when you started, when you, when you became massive, I guess, was it 2014 um, with Hold Back the River? You were like, you know, Daily Mail fodder. You had mm. Paps chasing you. You've kind of, mm. you've been on the real... Um, the you've you've really learnt that cost, yeah. I guess.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I've learnt a lot about it. Um yes, it's and it's a it's a mad thing to navigate. Um and we're at a interesting point in time in society with all of this because social media is at a height and climbing. Instagram's about looking one way, TikTok's about looking another way. It's all about being either like supremely authentic or or perfect. And that's so much to deal with for everybody, doesn't matter who you are. And at the same time, we're talking more than ever, uh, or I should say, it feels more okay than ever to talk more about what we're feeling inside as a result of strains, stresses, anxieties, struggles, insecurities. That's a really, um, that's a lot in itself, because talking about it all doesn't stop our hunger our appetite to feed the social media side of life. So there's an interesting cycle going on just just there. Um, I know a lot of artists struggle with the demand of social media but understand the, 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 the way in which it can be necessary and, and be so, and also just, stay, you know, I think my, I'm an artist who understands how it's such a brilliant way to be in touch with fans so directly, you know, that's, that's amazing.
1: When you were growing up, as you say, you learnt the guitar kind of age 12, mm. you went to BIM, which is the British Institute of Modern Music in Weyton. Um, Did you want to be an artist or did you want to be famous? Like, had you, had, did you have a drive to wanting to be famous when you were younger?
2: Uh, it depends what sort of what creates fame um I wanted to i I went there to do the guitar course to learn to be like a great guitar player. They talk about i had a nice time at bim I definitely did but they 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 mentioned that i i did the songwriting course and um i didn't i did this i did i did the guitar playing course no <laughs> you know it's all it's all good but like uh it's i just went there thinking I wonder if I can be like a a jobbing guitar player in the music industry somehow, is that still a thing? I mean, this was 2009. Um, I hoped that it could be a thing and I fell in love with living in Brighton, the nightlife, there was lots of open mic nights as well. Like I'd do three or four of those in a night on a busy night because you could, every bar that was holding one was next door to the next one that was holding one. And then down in the lanes, particularly right in the center of town, there was endless opportunity to stand there and busk and I started to fall in love with songwriting in a bigger way than I ever had before. And I'd actually spent the rest of my previous part of my teenage years in my hometown writing songs, being in a band all the time, but still thinking I want to be a guitar player only. And then I really fell in love with, um, with, with songwriting and the idea that maybe one day I could write a song that affects this, like, 10 people, then 20, then 100, then more, then more, then more. I love that idea. So, you know, because it's what all my heroes have done. And we want, as songwriters, as artists, we want to be like our heroes. Um, because their music, in my, in my, as far as how I tell it, their music has affected me so much. Okay, wow, that's like some sort of magic. I wonder if I can do that. And I was standing in the street, like, the best time I ever had, busking. I was on uh, outside the Theatre Royal, I think it's called New Road, but I'm not sure. It's in Brighton between the Brighton Dome and the Theatre Royal and the Mash Tun oh, and all yeah, these yeah. different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's this nice bit of road. <laughs> and um, I was busking there one day. And I think it's mainly taxis that, and buses, maybe, that can go up and down there. I can't remember if other cars can. But there were so oh, many I know, people. The, it's like runs was, down to the level. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was so many people standing in front of me listening to me sing and busk that all the taxis had to wait. So there was a lot of beeping and there was this huge crowd of like maybe a hundred people just standing saying, wait, well, listen to this guy sing a song. And I'd do a bunch of covers and I was doing a few of my own songs, but I was going, oh, this feels great. This experience, this shared experience that I'm giving this group of people as a result of playing covers or playing my own songs, even back then, was something that I became obsessed with.
0: Mm.
2: Um, so I wanted to chase and um, chase that experience and and build it, maybe try and make it bigger.
0: So talking of experiences, can you take us back to the moment where you suddenly realized that you had made it, that like people were looking at you differently, people were treating you differently, you had a different life?
2: That's, uh, okay. Um, There are small moments on the the earlier part of the journey that sort of signified that, but I think I wanna sort of stress that they come and go. Um, and I've met all sorts of different artists from all sorts of different walks of music who share that experience that they come and go and it depends how you play it I suppose but like as somebody who was never chasing oh you know I hope I get packed here and there as somebody who isn't about that I it was interesting when I was coming out of an airport and getting photos taken of me and like again it was like 2014, 2015 I was 24 I was like, "What?" And I remember somebody asking. I can't remember they were asking Paul. I've been on a plane. I came out of a. I came out of an airport, and they said, "That's it." They said, "How's Paul, James?" And I sort of went, "I'm sorry." I felt like such a idiot, but like of course, I wasn't being an idiot. He said, "How's Paul?" And I'd been on one of my first tours in America and I was flying economy, sitting at the back of the plane and I'd just come back from LA, 11 hour flight. I got off the plane and there's this guy taking pictures of me because I was wearing my hat off the plane and he recognised me. And I found out later on uh, that Paul McCartney was sat up in first class. And I love that this paparazzi guy assumed that I'd been like sat next to Paul McCartney. Oh, sick. Like, think that all you like. But I, I was not. And um, so that was an early... But that, you know, beginning getting sort of... People asking for my photo in the airport is one thing, or in the supermarket, but like being sort of pat coming out of an airport was, a, was a, a funny experience. And some guy, assuming I was sat with Paul McCartney at the top of the plane, like, nice one, cheers mate. That was a strange experience, but that was an early moment like that.
1: What about like the best perks or freebies? Obviously, we've talked about the cost of fame, but you know let's face it there there are a few good bits um there are some some great fashion pieces, perhaps, some great events, some great parties. Oh. Give us the very best thing when you've thought, "My God, I'm glad to be james may today
2: oh that's yeah uh, i mean in that in that vein like um there's all sorts of very nice fashion folks who've given me some very nice clothes. And um, invited me to wear those clothes at very fancy parties. I mean, one where I really felt like a fish out of water or whatever the phrase is. No, small fish in a big pond. Small fish, fish in a very water. big pond. They're
1: both pond. right, both work.
2: Sure, all right, we'll, 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 we'll use them both. We'll allow uh, the, it. Met, the, the Met Gala. I've only been to the Met Gala once. Oh, in, in... You've been to the Met Gala?
1: Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it was.
2: It, I went there in 2015, and like, um, I mean, I didn't know anybody. I I was invited. I, well I say that I was invited by um Christopher Bailey who was who was at the, the top table at, at, at Burberry at the time. I sat on a table with him and Naomi Campbell and all sorts of different exciting people. And I I did I I you know there's many scenes in many movies when you sort of waltz in there having been like the exciting story in your hometown and then I just sort of sat almost in silence at this table like and like Rihanna <laughs> comes on the stage like right there right in front of everybody in this little room that is literally I mean there was a table next to us and it was just like Jay-Z P Diddy Usher they're all just all um, Cara Delevingne Justin Bieber uh, and Beyonce guys Beyonce like no joke and so I went over I went over to Beyonce just I, I just this was one of the this was one of the funnest moments ever and it's such a small moment but I just said Excuse me. I felt so small and British. I felt like a <laughs> small uh, and British. What's his name? Richard. Who makes all the great movies like about Curtis. Time
1: Richard Curtis.
2: I felt like I felt like Donald Gleeson in a Richard Curtis film. I said, "Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, hi. I just wanted to say, <laughs> as Beyonce oh sat on the chair, I just, I was in like a little tuxedo, tuxedo for Ooh. the first time in my life. I'd never worn a tuxedo before in my life." A little bow tie on. Excuse me. I just wanted to say, I think your music's magnificent. I think oh. it's brilliant. And I'm just a yeah, massive you fan. You and everyone else, mate. <laughs> uh, no, tell me about it. Like, bless her. She was so <laughs> wicked. And she just t- sort of turned to me. And she said, what's your name? That's my Beyonce impression. Did you I remember said, your um, name? Yeah, I just about remember my, na- my name. I did a few little, uh, um, uh. And I said, my name's James. Um, sorry to bother you. And she said, thank you, James. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. And she sounded like a sort of Disney princess. It was unbelievable.
0: Well, what always fascinates me is this uh, like, fat, like celebrity small talk. Because like when you're sat, at some, if we were sat at the Met Gala, Sally, we never will be. But you could, we could feasibly turn to somewhat, someone could turn to us and be like, who are you? What do you do? And immediately you have a conversation there. Whereas I guess when you're surrounded by loads of famous people, you actually don't have that initial so what do you do? Yeah. Right. Like, what's right. your no, name? That,
2: you know what? That is correct. That is sort of correct in a way. I mean, I was pretty unknown at this thing, but I, and, and, but I understand what you mean. Um, and it's interesting. Everybody, so everybody, lots of people go up to each other like they've known each other forever, even if they're meeting for the first time. And that's <laughs> kind of nice, in a, in a way. I, I, and actually what's wild is that on the same night, Alicia Keys came up to me and said, James, you know, it's so nice to see you. Like, not meet you, and it was the first time we met. It's so nice to see you. Like, they bypassed that in this loving... Or I say they, everybody's different. And in this, in this instance, um, Alicia Keys wanted to bypass that and say, it's so nice to see you. How are you? Uh, keep, you know, keep doing... I'm listening to your music all the time. Like, keep doing it. I think you're brilliant. I was like, what?
1: Wow. It
2: blew me away. As a kid, I was such that a big amazing. fan. And I still am a big fan of Alicia Keys. So it was a crazy night. Um, there was a lady who came up to me and she said, hi, she said, I'm friends with, um, there's a, a, a friend of mine who does, who does press for me in, in, in America called Taylor. She said, I'm friends with so-and-so who's friends with Taylor. And she said, Taylor said that I've got to like, look out for you this evening. This is Lily Collins. And I was like, I know that you're Lily Collins and you're talking to me like you're my mate's mate. This is unbelievable. So yeah, it is- was the Met Gala was crazy.
1: Well, you go to lots of parties, you've got a very fervent female fan base, but as you mentioned before, your partner Lucy, uh, you two have been together since you were 16 years old. I mean, that is no mean feat, even if you are a small town, small life kind of guy and gal. How have you done that, living the life that you had? What are your secrets to a successful 15 year plus relationship?
2: Let me tell you all that, no, I don't, there's no, there's, there's no real, um, I don't know there's there's I just know that it feels fantastic every day to be in this relationship with this person who is so much more than uh you know even just a partner in in life like it's 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 an unreal friendship it's it, and, uh, among everything else I think if you can be mates if you can be genuine mates with shared interests and sort of and, and differences you know if you can you know, know how to get along and how to not get along and do all the different things. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a very sort of multi-dimensional experience and, and, and you kind of have to, I think we're, with each other, we are very open-minded people who have enjoyed just the most crazy adventure and journey so far together. But like Lucy is this person who, coming from our little hometown, Back in 2011 or 12, the first time I ever got like, invited to go and do anything in L.A., for example, it, with, with my guitar in hand, I'm like, an emotional mess at the airport. And she's the same, but she's like, you've got to go and find out what this is. Yeah. You, you have to go. I know this is weird and hard and, and we don't really know how we feel about this, but go. It's only a few weeks. And I was like, I mean, I, go, going to L.A. for the first time felt like going to another planet. Just because of the distance.
0: We've never been. Um, never been. Oh,
2: I hope, I really hope you get to go. It's bananas in all the best and maddest ways. But um, yeah, that, that, you know, I feel like that's a wonderful example of why we still are together and like charging forward, having just started a family. And I mean, we've always felt the two of us like we've been a family, you know? So, and
0: she's a music promoter, right? Like she's in the business. She, if still a she,
2: she, she, is, she is a full-time mum now. Mm -hmm. um but but she she has been a music promoter yes the the guys communion who who put on my shows in london and a few other places around the uk she was um working as head of marketing for them and uh, she's worked in music for a while yeah and and done all sorts of different things in music and and in any way that she could she came on tour with me as well which was always an absolute sort of blessing and joy that she could or wanted to
1: do you read interviews do you look online do you google yourself have you ever fully regretted it
2: no never. no, never. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Have I Googled myself? Um, I Googled myself the day that my mate told me I had a Wikipedia. And I, and Did that was like a while, that was a while ago now. I just, honestly, I felt very strange. I felt, cause I, I think growing up, I'm 31, you know, I've known about Wikipedia since I was at school and used it for like, who's this artist? Who's this singer? Who's this actor? Who's this person? And then I'm on there and it was very strange. Um, uh, did you say, did I enjoy it when I found out? Yes. Yeah, I I felt like <laughs> I was like an art. Uh, it was one of those strange things where you go, oh, wow, I'm a, a person that people Google and Wikipedia now. <laughs> uh, and it felt like it was accurate. I had a little browse. It was very strange.
1: You didn't feel the need that to was, do some quick edits?
2: Well, no, I haven't been on there for ages as well. That was like, I don't know when that must have been, 2015 or something. I think, I, so, I, so I did it that time and now I'm like, You know, you can never go back. Like, you go that first time. That's my feeling, is that if you go that first time (laughs) to sort of see if if it's a reality. And like I say, I had a friend of mine from school who was like, you're on Wikipedia now. I was like, what? You've made it. Um, Yeah, so I had a look back then.
0: Um, So we like to ask about misconceptions. Um, A lot of our guests feel there's always something that the public doesn't quite get about them, that they feel misrepresented in a certain way. Often with our male guests, it's about them not being nice enough. What is yours? Ah.
1: Set the record straight for us.
2: Oh, wow. I just... I, my, my experience so far is that people think all I do is soft little sad songs. I just come and see the show. Like, however you think Hold Back the River sounds on record, and I love how it sounds on record, but it's only bigger and it's only more rocking live than you can imagine. I, the thing that shines through about the little 18-year-old guitar player that I wanted to be when I first went to Brighton is that I play that guitar live like there's nothing else going on in my life. I... Turn. I plug in all these electric guitars that I've been collecting from around the world and I turn it up and I play loud. And it is such a party, my live show. I have such a great time. Like, the, the energy is so high and everybody. And I've got like a full drop, like full band going on. Somebody said to me recently, James, you know what I love about your music is it's so chill. And I thought, that's great. I appreciate that. I really do. If you can chill out to my music, that's great. But we go a bit nuts live. So come and, come and experience that because everyone's like, oh, James, you know, it's all gentle music it's not just gentle music i promise you that and i hey come to my come to my spotify page or whatever you want to stream it from for a bit of gentle music cuz there's some there but come and uh, come to the live show and see how crazy it gets too
1: our final question yeah. is, is there one thing you would like to thank your therapist for? I feel that you're quite in touch with, your, with yourself and you've perhaps been on a bit of a spiritual journey. I'm assuming you've had therapy, but correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a big assumption. And I, no offence taken. I do, I do speak to the therapist and I find it is such an important and wonderful experience. Um, I don't know why I didn't st- like do it earlier and I don't know. I feel like it will be relevant. I feel like it could easily be relevant for the rest of my life. Um thank my therapist for listening. I think sometimes...
0: (laughs) What you pay them for?
2: Sometimes, though, you know, I can get very in my head about what I'm saying. And um, at the very least, I would say thanks for even listening. Oh, that's
0: lovely. Okay, and finally, James, what we do at the end of each episode is we have a question about fame from our previous uh, guest, which was Crept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his question for you was how do you protect yourself from negativity that comes with fame?
2: See, I feel... Okay, and I'm going to have to ask a question for the next thing, yeah?
1: Yes, you are.
2: See, I'm already thinking about what that is, and I feel like it's... He's kind of asked it. Um, How do I protect myself from negativity? From
1: the negativity that comes with fame. Negative comments?
2: Don't read them. It's really hard sometimes, because despite how much feedback we can experience, whether we can go and read it online or, or... or experience it around a show or whatever. Um, discipline is the absolute mm. way. And it's the hardest way. And the hardest way is always the best way. And the hardest way is sometimes never the funnest way. But discipline, that's how I protect myself. And it's not, yeah, it's never easy. And there's a fine line as well, as he will also understand. Where sometimes you need to go, like I'm not very good if I do a podcast at listening back, but I learn something if I do listen about how I do these going forward, how I talk to people and when it's being recorded going forward. Um, so, but if you want to stay away from the negativity, make, make your sort of listening and, and, and reading, make it sort of functional in terms of like how it's going to make you better. But, but go easy. Like don't, mm. don't make it a daily thing. Don't make it a weekly thing. Make it like as few and far between as you can. And be, be careful with yourself.
0: That is great advice. And your question?
2: My question? Oh, for the next person. (laughs) When it gets hard, because it always gets hard sometimes, what inspires you to get up the next day and keep going? Because there's always something. There's kind of always one thing. One or two things that are always that make you go again. That's why people who sort of operate in in the arts and in, in you know that's why they they do it so what
1: is that for you what's the thing that gets you up why haven't you just taken early retirement i'm sure <laughs> you're in a position where you could have left the music <laughs> world if you um, wanted
2: to uh, what is that for me i said it earlier i mentioned it earlier i am obsessed and a bit addicted to the idea that you can write a song that you that that is about something you really feel and that an almost endless amount of people might share that feeling and and want to listen to that song and, and share do you see what i mean Gay. that idea that i uh, that idea that that's possible i'm i'm quite obsessed with
1: human connection
2: H- human connection yeah. and human fragility they're very real things
1: a very nice point to end on it was short sweet but utterly fantastic we so appreciate your wisdom your thoughtfulness thank you so much thank you Next week, we're back again with Celebrity Journalism Part 3. Part 1 and 2 went down so well that we have basically not had nearly enough time to squeeze in all our most mortifying anecdotes and stories. So we'll be sharing more of those with you then and we will be looking at how celebrity culture has changed, especially in the last five years, as we've both been celebrity journalists. You're going to love it. It's very juicy and we can't wait to see you there. And thank you so much to Marlon Percy for his music and editing as always. You can find him on Instagram at Marlon Percy. Bye. Bye.